Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and watch this, our lead sail, canoe, archery, and boat dock <laughs> trainer, it's Joe White. Wow. Sounds like camp's coming. Spring is in the air, coach, and uh, I I have made the shift. I'm thinking about camp. I'm preparing for camp. Let's go. I'm getting those warm, fuzzy feelings. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get in the huddle with the guys and gals out there in Lampy, Missouri. Best time of the year. I know our staff is almost sealed up for summer, and now we're looking at staff training and preparing our staff for being good Temporary daddies and mommies and coaches and teachers and and football and basketball and canoe and sail instructors. It is a fabulous time of the year. That's right, Joe. So in the spring, uh, spring really does generate a lot of emotions and feelings and excitement around here. <laughs> what are some of the things that you look forward to the most? What kind of like makes your heart pump when you think about camp? Shay, thanks to you being a very, very complete, successful director of K2, you have freed me up to do what I love to do best, and that is to mentor uh, and coach the staff and mentor and coach the uh, kids. So I have the greatest summer job in the whole wide world. It's going to be fun. I was We were driving down the road. Uh, I can't remember which Robin's kids I had in the back of the truck, but Tess specifically spoke up and she says, I can't wait to move to K2. <laughs> and I said, sis, I feel the same way. Let's happiest do this. place on earth. The happiest place <laughs> it on really earth. It really is. Can you picture 400 and some odd teenagers all smiling almost all the time, all speaking to one another, all running down the road, smiling, cheering, exchanging side hugs, and just having the time of their life. You can't believe, folks, how happy that teenage place is. It's going to be fun. And I tell you what, kids need a retreat more than ever. And uh, honestly, this series that we're in, The Cry of the Heart, is just so appropriate. It's so appropriate timing-wise in the course of uh, our history as a nation and um, the challenges from the pandemic and uh, all the political tension and world tensions. Like now is the time to talk about emotional stability. And yeah. that is the heartbeat of the Cry of the Heart series. And what's cool about this is a lot of the content that we put out has a specific audience. You know, we speak to leaders, we speak to parents, we speak to married couples. But this series, it's for everybody. We, we all have our own emotional health to um, take care of and uh, to cherish and, and we also have the emotional health of those that we care for and we love uh, that are around us. And so this, this series equips you with the tools to do both, for both self-care and for the care of others. Um, so today we're actually talking about the sacred compartment of emotional validation. And coach, I want to start off with a definition. Help yeah. us understand. What do you mean when you say emotional validation? Yeah, Shay, of... Uh... And for the astute listener today, whether you're a friend, whether you're a spouse, whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach, uh, to the astute listener today, there is going to be a picture window into your personality and your skills 
in your role, whatever your role is today, that hopefully is going to open up wide and let some fresh air and some fresh light into the window of your mind. This is probably the most treasured needs of everybody on earth and probably one of the most forgotten, abandoned, uh, not, you know, clueless uh, as far as how to fill this need in others, of, of anything in, in personality development. It's called emotional validation, as Shay said, and it is the ability and the care to validate feelings in your spouse, in your kids, in your friends, on your team. Shay, feelings are treasures. If your child or your friend or your spouse is sad or depressed or discouraged or excited, the astute parent, the astute friend, the astute spouse becomes great at treasuring and handling and opening up the treasure chest of that department of somebody else's life. And we're going to teach you today how to open up that treasure and how to live in a world of deeper fellowship, deeper friendship with those you care about the most. Joe, I'm kind of over here giggling because I am a hard-charging pioneer. And <laughs> in the Enneagram, I am an eight-wing seven, which is called the Maverick, which I actually love that. <laughs> I mean, I read that, and I'm, that title, I'm like, yeah, that's me. There's no doubt about it, the Maverick. And... Um, I, I joke with my wife, I think the fastest way for a maverick to be softened up is to spend a few years working at K-1 and then to have five daughters. And so this old maverick has been softened up a little bit Daily. over the years. And man, I can't agree more with your illustration of that treasure chest of feelings. And uh, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Coach me up. How do we develop that skill, Joe? So, Shay, this is so fun. Uh, I was blessed to be able to spend 18 years with uh, a, my dear late friend, uh, Gary Smalley. And Gary was sort of the guru of relationship development, probably one of the greatest writers, speakers, podcasters, teachers on marriage of anyone, I guess, who ever lived. Um, but Gary would teach. In fact, I remember the day we had a long talk about the five levels of intimacy and I also give credit to Dr. Caroline Leaf, who I haven't met, but I've studied a lot. Uh, my children, Dr. James Dobson, who I've spent 35 years uh, with doing radio for their input into this emotional validation and the, the whole idea of, of meeting the cries of somebody's heart. But Gary would say that there's five levels of intimacy. And if you're taking notes, this is a good time to get your pencil out. He said the first level of intimacy that most people live in in relationships today is small talk. How you doing? What's up? Not much. How's it going? Pretty good. How was your day? It was fine. What'd you do today? I worked. I played. I, you know, was on my iPhone. Just, just jabber. And that's what most people spend most of their time doing, even in the home. But for those who desire more than text messages for one another, the next level of intimacy is exchanging facts. Hey, you know what? I heard today that, uh, you know, I read something today that, uh, you know, was interesting to me. Or, hey, hey did, did you know that? And, and so it's a discussion of things you know, things you think about, things you read, things you hear. And then 
At that point, for those who want to go a little deeper in intimacy, and who wouldn't, there is the level of opinions. And when you begin to teach, talk about facts, people tend to give their opinions. Uh, and, and for many people, when someone gives a fact, what you want to give back naturally in the flesh is, well, I don't know about that. I think we should. Or, or Let me tell you what my opinion is. Or, you know, I don't agree with that, or I disagree with that, or I beg to differ with you on that. I think you're wrong on that. And, and, and so obviously when a person reacts like that and they want to just share what they think and to be controversial and uh, to be in your face kind of a, kind of a person or friend, then, then the kid just shuts down. The spouse won't talk. Because every time you give a fact, that person in your life, that treasured friend, just gets in your face and tells you what they don't agree about that. They, they lack the sense to validate. They just want to argue. They're insecure. They're controlled kind of personalities. And, and they're driven by fear and by, by wanting to be in charge, if you will, in those conversations. And so that's as deep as it gets. And so Gary said this couple fear dances, or this parent fear dances, and you go back to small talk. You can't do opinions, so you just go to small talk again. And then you venture into facts a little deeper, but then opinions come up and you just dance back to small talk, and that's as deep as you get. And unfortunately, that's more, more children are than I know of today. But, but, Shay, if you know how to validate if you know how to value someone, if you know how to look for a win-win in every conversation, find a place where your child wins. Find a place where your spouse wins. Even though you think one thing, find a place in what they think that they can win in. If you know how to encourage one another to communicate openly, if you know how to adventure together, through ideas, you're in for the fourth level of intimacy with the one you love. And that's the level of feelings. As we said before, Shay, these are treasures. When a person shares a feeling like mad, glad, sad, uh, happy, depressed, lonely, if you'll treat that feeling like an intimate treasure— Maybe you're engaged, thinking about marriage. Maybe you're dating. Maybe you've got a good buddy. And when that person in your life shares a feelings, if you'll pause and let that treasure chest open, and that's what we're going to talk about today, then you're ready to go to the fifth level of intimacy, and that is sharing needs. It's, it's knowing that your child needs companionship. It's, it's knowing that your child needs one-on-one -on -one time. It's knowing that your spouse is looking for purpose. It's knowing that your friend is looking for grace. It's knowing that your child is looking for prayer time or affirmation or one of these heart cries. As you go through feelings well, the person opens their heart to the deepest level of intimacy. And now, because way down deep, everybody wants intimacy. But now you're able to walk with friends, cared loved ones, and children 
in the deepest levels of knowing one another, hand in hand, side by side, doing life together. Joe, as you walk through those five levels of intimacy, I couldn't help but think, you know, as you work your way deeper and deeper, and then you find yourself back in small talk again and again, at every step, rejection sends us back into small talk, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when someone stuffs the words back in your mouth, and parents are champions about that. They want to fix stuff. They want to they want to tell what they were going to do, mm. give an opinion, and here's what you need to do, child. And, and hey, it's quicker that way. I mean, you just be a dictator, run around the house, tell everybody what to do. But unfortunately, in those homes, no one really talks. No one really shares their heart. And that family is missing the best part of life together. Okay, well, coach us up then. Help us develop that skill. Well, Shay, oh my gosh, folks, if you're listening well today, you're gonna, there's going to be a new chapter in your life with your relationships of those you care about the most that's going to make the rest of your life so much better and more exciting and more insightful than what you've experienced to this point in your life. So, so let's start with this. Is anyone listening today, whether you're a parent, whether you're a child, whether you're a friend, whether you're a spouse, does anyone listening today have a friend who's stuck, a friend who's got a log jam in their heart? Maybe your parent, maybe your grandparent, maybe your roommate, maybe your child. And, and, and when you think about that person, they're emotionally stuck. They're in a place they just can't get out of emotionally. They're mulling around in this stew of their own juice of depression, sadness, addiction. Anybody know anybody like that? And, and then, and then would, would you love to be able to help that friend get out of that ditch of mud that their emotional car is stuck in, but you don't know how? To get them out? Well, fortunately, it doesn't take a course in counseling. It's not rocket science. And it comes from a friend of mine named J. David Stone. Fifty years ago, I encountered this dear man. He taught a seminar, and then we became friends. And his, his concept is called friend to friend. It's just everyday counseling for everyday people with everyday friends. And what David would teach is that there are three Golden questions, three simple questions to help a child or a spouse or a friend solve a problem, to get unstuck, if you will. And those three questions, if you've had counseling courses and a counseling degree, you'll recognize them. But if you haven't, it's okay because they're simple. The first question you ask someone who's stuck is a cognitive question. It's a thinking question. And that question is something like, tell me what's wrong. Or tell me, what do you want? Just simple to the brain. And then the second question is a emotional question. Tell me how you feel. Or what are you feeling about that? And then when someone shares a feeling, pause and treasure that feeling. And Shay, it's as simple as saying, tell me about that. The person says, I'm sad, or I'm, I'm discouraged. And then you just go, tell me about that. What's that like for you? Describe that feeling to me. And then with warmth and empathy in your 
in your eyes, in your body language, and in your in your words of softness and gentleness, giving that person warmth. You let him talk about that feeling. And you may ask two or three follow-up questions. Describe that. What's that like for you? I'd love to know more about that. And then after the person talks a little bit about their feelings, then you can ask the person, what are you doing to get what you want? You know, I want a better relationship with my children. How do you feel? Uh, I feel frustrated. Tell me about that. And then, and then, and then you say, well, what are you doing to, to get what you want? Joe, I've seen you use this method countless times, countless times at K2. And it's just, it's inevitable. It works every time. And it's just amazing how you can peel apart, you know, just the layers of the onion to get to the heart of the matter with these three simple questions. Yeah, Shay, the, the fine art of listening well takes takes patience. And and it takes a person who's willing to bite your tongue. And some of y'all are listening to this are gonna, your tongues are gonna be bleeding because you love to give advice. You love to tell people what to do. You know, you love to be the talker in the situation. You love to have the last word. And so the first thing you're going to have to learn to do is bite your tongue and open your ears. Uh, if you're a doctor, fix it. you got to have a funeral service for that person and, and, and put him away. Advice kills parents. Advice kills safety in relationships, especially with your children. Just listen, validate emotions, and then give the person you're listening to the gift of warmth. The gift of warmth says, I feel your pain. It says, that matters to me what you're sharing. It says, I care deeply about what you're going through. And then secondly, you give them the gift of empathy. And as my daughter, a very insightful mom herself, says, empathy is listening with someone else's ears, it's seeing with someone else's eyes, and it's caring with someone else's heart. Hey, listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now, back to the show. Friends, we're going to do something kind of cool. And, I, you know, as I said, I've seen Joe do this with staff and students for years. And we actually want to show you. We're going to do a little role play and show you how easy this line of questioning can be and that you can pick up these skills uh, to emotionally validate those around you. Well, Shay, we'd love to do that. And we've invited a guest in today. Uh, she's an anonymous guest. Her name is Jane Doe, if you will. Uh, Jane is an everyday teenager. She might as well be 15 or 16 years old in any home in America. Her primary teacher is social media, she does like 100 texts a day, right, Shay? <laughs> She's on her iPhone three to four hours a day. Shay and I work with teenagers all the time. Um, she has very little quality conversations at home. She, in fact, she has very little quality conversations anywhere she goes. She goes to church occasionally, 
God matters to Jane, but not 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 too much. Shouldn't pay too much attention to God because being accepted by peers and fitting in are the utmost importance in her life. She's filled with anxiety because as we're finding out in our teenage work that most kids, because of the iPhone, social media, onslaught culture, kids are more anxious today than I've ever seen them in 50 years of working with teenagers. She has lots of contacts, lots of peeps, if you will, but still she feels lonely and longs for more. Um, so, uh, Jane, welcome to the show. Don't be intimidated by the microphone. Uh, just open up your heart. And, and, and you know, Jane, um, you've heard what Shay and I have been talking about on this podcast. Is there anything personal you would love help with today? Yeah, actually, there is. <laughs> so, Jane, tell me what's wrong. Well, it's, it's my parents. I just, I don't know what to do. So... Tell me what's going on with your parents, Jane. Well, my dad is, he's never really there for me. And my mom, she's, she is a borderline alcoholic. So I guess you would say there's technically people there, but there's really nobody home. Jane, this, this, uh, this, this familiar lump crawls up in my throat when I hear uh, what you're talking about. I, it just feels so uh, hard to me. Um, tell me, tell me, uh, Tell me what that's like for you to, to wake up in the morning with nobody home. Well, it's actually really lonely and, and terrifying. Mm, that sounds hard, girl. That sounds hard. Tell me about the loneliness you're feeling. Well, I, I come home from school and, and nobody cares. <laughs> I need parents to talk to. They're just, they're not there for me. No, oh, doggone Jane. I am so sorry you have to experience that. Tell me more about that, if you can. Well, it's it's terrifying to wake up to another day with just nobody home for me. Jane, when you say terrifying, that sounds awful to me to wake up to. Describe that word terrifying. What does that feel like? It's just like scary emotionally. It just, it really makes me live in total fear of, of another day coming. Mm. Jane, what do you want? I want a mom and dad. Hmm. I can totally get that, girl. Tell me, tell me how you feel when you say, I want a mom and a dad. What's that feel like for you? I'm so angry. I, I'm just bitter. What's it like to live in that bitterness? I want to cut my wrists and, and just vape every day just to feel something, to kill the pain. Ouch. Is that helpful, uh, slitting and, uh, and vaping and getting high? Well, I mean... Not really, but it just helps me numb the pain that I feel. Is 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 Jane is cutting and vaping what you want? No. Jane, tell me what you want. I want to know my mom. I I want God to, to help me. When you say um, I want to know my mom, I want God to help me. It sounds a bit hopeful. What kind of feelings do you get when you say the words I want God? I want to know my mom. What's that feel like? It feels kind of, kind of, kind of like a ray of light in a in a really really dark cave. I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Can I have permission, Jane, to ask you how bitterness and anger and vaping and cutting are helping with that? Well, 
I mean, they probably aren't helping. So, Jane, what do you want? To forgive her. Is that what you want? Yeah. You, you mentioned God a minute ago. How do you believe God can help you with that? Well, he forgives me, and I guess that means I can forgive my mom. Okay, okay. If that's what you want, how can forgiving your mom draw your mom closer to you? I think that's what you told me you wanted just a second ago. Well, my dad's not there for her, and my bitterness towards her make me just ignore her, so I guess she feels lonely, too, and maybe if I was there for her, she could be there for me, too. Is that what you want, Jane? Yes. Jane, what do you need to do to get what you want? I know I need to go home and talk to my mom. And say what? I forgive you. I love you, and I'm sorry for always judging you and hating you. That sounds so hopeful. When you say all that, tell me how you feel now. I feel hopeful. I, I feel closer to God. I, I need God to get me through this. Okay, okay. How do you start that? Uh, prayer. Do you, by chance, want me to begin that with you now? Would you do that? I'd love to. Do you want to start with that prayer, or do you want me to pray it? I'll do it. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Jane. If you'd like to, I'll be with you. Dear God, help me. Help me forgive my mom. Please be with me as I talk to her. Jesus, I need you. I think I've been shutting you out. Please, God, I want to come back to you. Please. Amen. Well, Shay and uh, friends listening, uh, that was a brief role play. And I'll have to tell you, that one wasn't very unusual. I talk to so many teenagers who feel exactly like Jane feels when they're at home. And and that feeling as a teenager, parents, begins by lack of care when they're small. It just grows and builds until your teenager is just a shut-down emotional mess. Usually these conversations will last 25 to maybe minutes to maybe an hour and a half or so. Um, but, um, but it's worth the time, and amazing things happen. So, uh, Shay, what questions did you hear me ask Jane? Well, I heard you cycle through the same set of questions over and over again as you deepen the conversation. But this, this is what I heard. What do you want or what's wrong? Then I heard you say, how does that make you feel? Or describe that feeling or tell me more about that feeling. And then you you came to, you know, if, if this is what you want, what are you willing to do to get what you want? Yeah. And then she answered the question for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly, uh, Shay. So Jane knows more about Jane than anyone on earth. <laughs> She's an expert on Jane. And if I go hammer her with advice, then she gets confused and she shuts down. There's no safety in the relationship between me and her. If I tell her what to do, she'll probably, by nature, fight it. That's what people do when they're given advice and instruction. But 
If she decides to do something, bingo. A minute ago, Jane decided to forgive her mom. And so Jane became the creative, offensive play caller. And she called the play, go to God in prayer and forgive her mom. It's like when you talk to somebody, it's like they're a box of Cracker Jacks. And if they're stuck, all those gooey piece of popcorn just melt and they goo together and they cover the surprise. Jane knew what she needed. She needed to let go of bitterness and she needed to go to God with her problem. And as I just help her unpack all the goo on top of the surprise, the solution, then Jane was able to get to the solution and she was able to act on that solution. It's wonderful. I see it happening all the time with kids. So, Jane, let me just ask you before you leave. Um, I gave you about three or four gifts in that conversation. What were the gifts that I gave you? Well, for starters, you you listened to me, which doesn't ever happen. And then after you listened, I saw that you cared deeply for me and you didn't just try and speak over to me. You just listened and you cared. And then to end that, you helped me solve my own problem. Instead of solving it for me, I saw that I can do this. I can come to this decision. Therefore, I can walk forward in forgiveness and let go of my bitterness. Joe, let me let me sum up what I saw in that conversation. It was tender. It was patient. It was warm. Uh it met the need or the desire to be known and it didn't stop at level one. And I, I think this is probably the area that I'm challenged the most in is that there's, there's so many layers to the onion. I mean, there's, there's depth there. And the more times you ask the, you know, these probing questions, rephrase the questions, dug a little bit deeper, you get, you grained, uh, or excuse me, you gained a greater level of, understanding and Jane felt emotionally validated. And so as you're listening, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think in your world of busyness and the, the world we live in of giving short texting answers to everybody we know, what's up? Not much. How you doing? Fine. How's your day? Great. Do you think we've forgotten how to care? how to sit down with our parents or with our kids or with our spouse or friends and just ask great questions and listen to their heart open up. And, and by the way, if, if you have a heart that hasn't been cared for well, if you feel like your emotions have not been validated well, or maybe you feel as a spouse, parent, or friend that you're not doing a great job of validating other treasured relationships in your life, may I invite you with your child or with your spouse or friend, may I invite you to memorize Psalms 139 together. It's the great window into God's feelings and his care of our feelings of all the Psalms that I think David wrote. And particularly, I think about around verse 7, maybe through 11, when David says, if I take the wings of the dawn, <laughs> or if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. 
Even the darkness, God, is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are like to you. Because you form me in most parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so it is with our Creator, our God, and to allow Him to fill that cavity in your heart for feeling care is probably the greatest way to fill that place that I know of on earth. Because if you know God feels when you feel, then you can be emotionally stable and you can care deeply as he cares for you with others. Boy, Joe, I couldn't thank you enough for your wisdom and experience. I hope that this podcast unleashes the power of emotional validation in families and in homes and locker rooms and car rides uh, around the country. This is powerful stuff. I want to thank our listening audience. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. And we hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, friendships, and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today and we thank you uh, for loving us and for caring so deeply about us and equipping us with the skills to live a healthy, emotionally stable life. And I pray that we could be ministers of reconciliation and that you would help us to grow in our ability to to sit patiently with people and ask them great questions and to listen well and to emotionally validate what they're feeling and experiencing and that, that your spirit might guide them into healing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.